Hi friends, welcome back to the Fun on Weekdays podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Palick, and today is a special episode because it's our last guest episode of the year of 2023. We started a little relaunch of season three, um, and we've had so many incredible guests on, but y'all said that you want to hear from me. So next week, we get to do that. We get to sit down and chit chat. We talk about the year in review, New Year's resolutions, and I fill you guys in on what the heck has been happening in my life because... Honestly, I've been really busy and I have not shared a lot with you and I feel like I'm going to explode. But today we are talking with Chantal Hyde. She is a dating coach and I followed her back in 2020 when I just graduated college actually. And I, throughout my senior year of college, I was dating this guy long distance and it was just never that serious. Like I knew that he was not my person at all. He had a lot of red flags that I just like totally ignored. Um, well mainly because I didn't have to see him. Like if I, if I lived in the same city, I definitely would have broken up with him sooner, but it's okay. After that relationship, I found out that I was moving to Austin, Texas. I had just gotten my job at TikTok and I was also, I don't know if you guys remember this era or if you even like knew who I was back then, but I was like obsessed with The Bachelor and I wanted to be on The Bachelor so bad. This was around Matt James's season. And I was like, I'm going to be on the show. Meanwhile, obviously, I've always had a crush on Connor. And I didn't realize at the time that this video that I saw about this three months no kissing rule would actually end up being applicable to my life. So essentially, 2020, just break up with this boyfriend and I see this video from Chantal. She goes by Canada's dating coach on TikTok. She has a huge following, almost a million followers. I think like 800 some thousand, which is incredible. She goes live every single day, answering people's questions, helping guide people through their relationship problems. And she talks a lot about this three month no dating rule. So as I was trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to find my husband in Austin? (laughs) Um, I decided I was going to do this three month no kissing rule that she stands by. Essentially, you... It's not that you like give a man an ultimatum, but if you find somebody that you think you're really serious about for three months, there is no exclusivity, there is no intimacy, and you weed out all the guys who are serious about you. Because if you find someone that he says he really likes you, then he's going to like wait, essentially. So I didn't even realize, but I actually did this with Connor. Granted, granted, we were platonic friends for a while, (laughs) so that might be why. Um, But I know there's a lot of people listening to this episode that might be going through it right now with your dating life, feeling hopeless. Y'all, I read my advice column page on Facebook. Um, If you're not a part of that group, go join it. Sometimes there are some juicy stories in there. I had one today of a girl saying, my boyfriend asked me to dye my hair a specific color. How do I ask him to pay for it? I'm like, girl, (laughs) what do you mean? How do you ask him to pay for it? If he says, oh, I, I really like when your hair is red, be like, cool, where's your credit card? There are some crazy stories in that group and I see firsthand that y'all need a little bit of dating advice and as somebody who is completely not credible to give any, I am able to find an awesome guest who is. So everybody welcome Chantal. Hey. Chantal, it is so amazing to have you on the podcast finally. This has been almost like two years in the making I feel. Yeah, definitely. Because I remember when you talked about using a no kissing for three months dating rule on your TikTok. And I don't know if you tagged me or if someone else tagged me. And I went into that comment section. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Keep me posted. And I've been watching your journey because we've been friends since then. We've cross-pollinated like you come across my stuff. I'm sure I come across yours. And it's just, it's exciting to see where you are now. Yeah. So I followed you when I had just graduated college in May, 2020. You were probably one of the first like 50 people that I followed on TikTok. I was, I was like still kind of getting through a little bit of a heartbreak um, from like an old relationship. And I saw your videos right before I was moving to Austin and I had seen your infamous no kissing for three months videos. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I made a video about it and I think it did pretty well. And that is when you and I connected. And unfortunately I never like, I never, um, what's the word purposely tried the no kissing rule because Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's hard. It's so hard, but I'm excited to talk to you about it today and your advice for all of my listeners, um, for their dating lives and to get into what the three month no kissing rule actually is and why it's beneficial. But 
before we do that, um, I want to give everyone some background. So you are quote unquote, Canada's dating coach. How long have you been a dating coach and how did you even find yourself <laughs> in this field? Oh my God. How did I find myself in this field? Girl, I was a stripper for 20 years. No way. 20 years. I was a stripper for 20 years. My husband was my customer for two and a half years. <gasps> no. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask you like mm -hmm. what kind did you like dance? Were you on the pole? Oh, yeah. Like what was your thing? Oh, oh. It, like my thing was sensuality. I okay. wasn't a pole climber. I wasn't, I was not an aerialist. One of my friends is an aerialist. Like I'm her life coach and she's won Miss New Canada twice. She's won Miss Universe 2022. She's fucking amazing. Her name is Onyx. Um, and so, oh, wow. Oh, so my, sorry, my groove, I got lost. I was seeing her in my mind. She's so incredible. So my groove is sensuality. Like I've been dancing. Like I was six years old when I told my mom I was going to be a stripper. I have been dancing my whole life. At 16, I'm in front of the mirror. You know, when you're doing a housework and you're just wearing a t-shirt and underwear and the music's blaring, but you find yourself in front of the mirror dancing because you think you're so fucking sexy. That was me. That was me. <laughs> I wish I could relate, but usually I find myself feeling so uncomfortable that I'm like, uh, no, even if I am dancing around the house, like naked, or I'm like getting out of the shower, I'm probably not going to like stare at myself in admiration in the mirror, but I love that for you. And I mm -hmm. would love to take your confidence and give it to myself. <laughs> I had to develop my confidence. I had to develop the confidence to be myself because I was raised by an abusive mom. And there was a very big cognitive dissonance for me because on the one hand, my mom said, you can do anything you want to do. And my mom explained to me in my later years, she's like, you are so smart. Everything came so easy to you. I really looked at you and I was like, holy cow, anything she wants to do, this girl can do it. She looked at my sister who struggled to get her grades in high, in high school. And for me, I was like, I'd bring my books to class and I would read under my desk and the teachers would hand notes to my parents and go tell her to leave her books in the locker. They would tell me at the end of the semester, you're failing, but if you pass this test and hand in, hand in this assignment, you'll pass. And that's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to exceed in school because it bored the hell out of me. I just wanted to get the hell out of there with a diploma. Mm -hmm. So I, here I am, six years old, told my mom I was going to be a stripper. At 17, I do a lip sync competition. At 21, tired of three years of an abusive relationship that I couldn't escape because everywhere I went, he hunted me down and had me lose my job. I popped that stripping bubble and I said, I need to do this. I need to do this. And I did. And after my first week of stripping, I bought a car. After my second one, I rented an apartment. After my third one, I started furnishing my life and I had my independence. Now my brain functions in a way where I dissect humanity, always have, always will. You put this brain in a strip club when it's studying social sciences, sociology, psychology, anthropology, biology, evolutionary psychology, behaviorism, and meditation because it changes your brain structure. And I'm witnessing how guys are behaving, how men are behaving. I can discern the difference between the two when I realize what an actual man is. And I start to compare other guys to a man. Let me tell you, my husband is the template. My husband is the 12 out of 12. All of you should want what I have. Oh so I took all that. And at 41, I went, yeah, I've been in this for 20 years. I think it's time to age out. So what am I going to do next? And my question to myself is, what am I already doing that I love? Because I don't want to be unhappy. And the, and the answer to that question was give advice. Because what was I doing in the dressing room with the girls who were having problems with their boyfriends? My best friend, my best friend is with the man she's with today because I told her to get rid of the guy she was fighting with. Every time she walked into the dressing room, on the phone fighting. She's with her man today, almost 20 years, because I told her to leave that dipshit. <laughs> so that's what I was doing in the dressing room. What Your was I doing on the girl. floor? 100%. But what was I doing on the floor when I was talking to the men who were paying for my time? I was helping them. I've helped many marriages as a stripper. 
Okay. I love that outlook. Mm -hmm. Can you talk more about that? Because I think in a lot of people's relationships, like especially at our age, so many people are going on bachelorette trips and a fear that's in the back of our, a lot of our minds is he's going to go to a strip club and he's going to cheat on me or he's going to be disloyal. Can you talk about that experience and being around boys versus men and like what the difference is? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, he's going to do what you picked. Did you pick somebody disloyal? Did you pick somebody dishonest? Did you pick somebody who lacks integrity? Um, Right? So my husband can go to a strip club and I know what he's going to do because I know what he did when he came to see me as a stripper. So when you have history and intel on the person that you're with, when you have an understanding of who you're with, you don't say, I hope he doesn't do the shitty things he does, right? Mm -hmm. Because why would you be with that person? Why would you be with somebody who does shitty things? If you're afraid he's going to do something shitty, it's because he's already done shitty things, probably. Mm -hmm. So why are you with the shitty guy? Yeah. I mean, that's all very valid. It seems like common sense, right? But when you're in the relationship, it can be so hard to disassociate yourself from Mm -hmm. what you maybe fear might happen. Because you didn't do your due diligence, right? It's common sense when you have the history to look back on, when you had your head on straight. But when we kiss to see who they are, we lose our head because we create a chemical that's an amphetamine, aphrodisiac, an antidepressant. We're not taught what the kiss does. Every single thing your body does is a chemical reaction. Your fart was methane. That's a chemical, right? When you eat, you create digestive fluids that are chemicals. When you breathe, you create chemicals. When you have sex, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin. Why are we not talking about the chemicals in a kiss and what it does to you? Why? Because we as women are brainwashed. The information is held back from us because if we know, if we're aware, we make better decisions because knowledge is power. Meaning we don't kiss guys before we know who they are, get emotionally invested with the shitty guy who does shitty things. And then we say it's hard to leave the shitty guy because we love him. Oh my goodness. There's so much to unpack here before we Mm -hmm. move on to like the kissing conversation. I wanted to ask like a couple more questions about your stripping experience. Yes. Go for it. Yes. Fascinated. Okay. So number one being, is there ever a situation, um, where, well, I mean, there are situations like your husband, for example, who are the men that go to strip clubs that are not there for like the wrong reasons? So-and-so, you know, like the lonely ones, the lonely ones, the hard working, lonely ones. I work so many hours, it's hard to find a relationship. Okay. Those ones, the, the, the kind ones, the unimposing ones, the respectful ones are not. So look at the, if a guy moves in for a kiss, moves in for the kiss before you know who he is, did he get your consent? Mm, okay. No, he didn't. So you think that's romantic because we watch Disney TV and movies. He should move into the kiss, right? And that's romantic. But where was my knowledge and insight before he kissed me so that I made sure the person kissing me, creating the chemicals that are going to make me lose my mind is a smart decision. Okay. Wow. So analytical all in our heads. So the good men don't move in for a kiss. They want to make sure you're ready for the kiss first. So the ones who work very long hours, who are a little bit shy, don't necessarily approach women, who are super respectful, wouldn't move in to make it happen, to try and take from you before you have the knowledge you need from him. These ones have a little bit more difficulty finding a companion. So they come to the strip club to pay for time for a girlfriend experience someone like me, because I'm a companion. I'm intelligent. I've good conversations. It's not just about the TNA. It's about the company. Okay. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So in a relationship, if your boyfriend is going to a strip club and he's part of a bachelorette group, Mm. for example, I have this Facebook group and people ask this question all the time. If they should be upset, if they should be uncomfortable. So what is your advice to the girls who are in really great, strong, respectful relationships where he's never done anything to test your loyalty? Is there ever a situation where there are good guys like 
in a relationship, do you view that it's okay for your boyfriend to go to a strip club? Yes. If, because you trust him, do you not? Like, is it okay for us to go to a male strip club? Oh yeah. I'm not going to do anything. Don't worry. I don't want him on me. <laughs> well, that's just it. Right? So it's okay for us because it's a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's just a form of entertainment. That's it. Right? We'll yell, we'll scream, we'll giggle, we'll have some drinks and then go home. It's entertainment. That's it. So if your man, the one you chose, isn't a regular in a strip club, so he's there for companionship, if he's going for a one-off here and there, he's going for entertainment. That's it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Honestly, I feel like if my boyfriend were to go to a strip club on a bachelorette party, I'd be like, that's okay because I know he's not going to do anything. But I do know not everyone, everyone thinks that way, but I think it's really great insight to hear from you that there are plenty of people that are there that don't have like bad intentions, you know? Yeah. So many, so many. So you spent 20 years as a stripper yeah. and what are some of the lessons that you learned about yourself and women in relationships from that experience? For me, I learned to never sell my sanity. Because okay. if I let that guy disrespect me for $20 or $200, it puts me in a funk. And I don't want to deal with that one who might become a regular and spend $200 a week, $800 a month on me. So why would I spend any time with the person who's disrespecting me when I can cut them off? I don't care about your money. I'm going to find better money, happier money. So I learned to not sell my sanity. Um, what I learned by observing girls is we stay too long with the wrong people. Mm. And we sell ourselves short and we reduce ourselves and we sell our own ambitions for a relationship that isn't working. We sell our mental health, our emotional well-being. How can I sell happiness? That's what I'm there to do as a stripper. I'm there to sell a vibe. But if my vibe is off, how am I going to make my money? So if I'm in a shit relationship, and I saw way too many girls in shit relationships stay and stay and stay and stay. And I know they were making so much less money because they weren't in the right vibration and they were spending their time fighting on the phone with their boyfriends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what is your advice to those people who are stuck in the relationship that they've been in for too long? How do they get out? What is the advice that you tell to your clients and people that come to you asking, I know that this is like not right for me. I feel it in my chest. I feel it in my body. Something is just off. How do you okay. tell those people to find the courage to leave if nothing inherently happened and there was mm -hmm. never like cheating, there was never a big blow up fight. It's maybe just not the right person, but it's hard to let them go. Quantify it. So I have, I have no more assholes, right? There it is. My baby right here. Mm -hmm. Chapter 37. Also in the link in my bio on my Instagram, on my TikTok is a 12 character trait quiz. If you buy the book, it's in there. If not, get off my link, my link tree for five bucks. Grade their paper. Nothing wakes you up more than a fact. When you grade their paper on the 12 character traits and you see that's an eight, that's a six, that's a three, that's a 10. Okay. Not a 12. And you see what they're lacking. You see what they're missing. It goes, oh, now I understand why this isn't the right relationship for me. I quantified it. Okay. What are some of those qualities that are on that quantified list? Where do they get their validation from? Do they seek it from an exterior source? Do they surround themselves with what I call ego strokes? People who make them feel good about themselves because they say, you look good today. What a nice car, nice outfit right? Ego strokes, they flirt with them, they keep them around uh -oh. because it makes them feel wanted. Or do they get their validation because they're hardworking? That's what I teach you to tell the difference between a generous long term thinker, and a selfish short term thinker. And I call the selfish short term thinkers guys or girls or generous long term thinkers are men or women. And I don't demonize guys, we have to do the job of weeding out the guys who are lying about being men. We have to make sure when we're in playtime, we play with guys. When we want a relationship, we pick a man. It's our job. It's always my job to pick the right person. 
always. So validation. We need to choose the person who seeks their validation based on the efforts they put in, based on their work ethic, based on their decisions, instead of choosing the person who seeks their validation because other people flirt with them and make them feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. Another one would be control. You don't want to be with somebody who's trying to control you. You want a peer-peer relationship, not a parent-child dynamic. So if he's saying, I, I want you to spend your money the way I want you to spend your money. I don't want you to spend time with these friends. I don't want you to go see that person. You need to cater to me. I need to control your time. I need to control your money. I need to control how you dress, who you talk to, where you go. And there's any sign of control, that's a red flag. A, okay. a healthy relationship has freedom. Mm -hmm. Okay, so validation, control, those are obviously two really big ones. Are there any qualities on this list that are physical? No, no. Okay. None. Good, good no, answer. no. Um, you're going to, you have your preferences, right? You know, I, I know I want to tilt up for a kiss. I don't want to tilt down. My husband is five ten. I'm five seven. I don't wear heels with him because when I get that height, when we're eye to eye, I feel, uh, I like, I like it when I'm barefoot and he's wearing his work boots a little, a little inch more now. I'm like, Oh, you're so big. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's okay. It's okay to have that physical preference that you want. That's fine. Um, I have that and I've committed to my husband. Now, should my husband change physically? Does that mean I don't love him as much? I've already gone through this in my head. I've already blown him up into an obese person and I still loved him. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, for me, the love goggles are on. My husband is going bald. My husband's body's changing and I don't care. He's still so sexy to me every day. So I have a preference for what I'm going to be visually attracted to. But when it comes to character and integrity, I need a 12 out of 12. And I've listed my characters and traits. Like you'll see there's a free list in the link to my bios button says get the list. This is me defining myself so that I understand who I deserve. This is a long list list, honesty, respect, uh, work ethic, responsibility, sharing goals and values, making me laugh. These are on my, I'm a funny girl. I'll make you laugh, right? So that's on my list. And I want a hundred percent of what I provide to a relationship. No less. I don't reduce my standards to meet them where they're at. I want somebody I look up to because where I look is where I go. I admire my husband. I admire his work ethic. I admire his responsibility. I admire his level of sacrifice. I admire his conscientiousness, his attention to detail. I look up to my husband and I've become a better person, more patient, more hardworking because I observe him and I go, damn, look at him go. I don't surround myself with people that I look down on. If you're not matching my energy with integrity and honesty and work ethic and responsibility, why am I looking down on you? I'm going to go that way. That's a really great way to put it. And it, you kind of answered one of my questions, which was going to be when you're making this quantifiable list of all the characters that you want your partner to have, are you also encouraging women to make the same list about ourselves and reflect on what we provide to a relationship? Because I yes. think sometimes we have our own issues that maybe uh -huh. we put our blinders onto and we just put the blame onto our partner. I yeah. have definitely done that. A recent like really large issue is my lack of presence. And especially with social media, I mean, I spend a lot of time on my phone or scrolling or answering DMs. And I didn't realize the effect that that had on my relationship. All I was seeing were the things that maybe I was upset about. And so mm -hmm. that's maybe a characteristic that I didn't know I had. So how important is it for women to reflect on that themselves before being ready for the right person? Extremely. My number one relationship rule is it's not fair to ask for anything you're not willing to do first. So if I put, if, if I'm looking for somebody who's financially responsible, am I financially responsible? <laughs> Wait, that's such a good point. Mm -hmm. Finances too, huge one. Oh my gosh. I will frustrate a financially responsible person with my irresponsibility. How dare I demand that? Mm -hmm. It's not fair. It's not fair for me to ask you to have a trait that I don't have because I'm going to frustrate you because like attracts like. So why am I asking for something I'm not willing to contribute? Mm -hmm. So in a relationship, if you're asking for more from your partner, 
are you even showing gratitude for what you already have? Mm, yeah, great point. Mm-hmm. Great point. Okay, so we talked about physical qualities that are not on this list of characteristics. What about physical in the sense of like chemistry and, yeah. you know, like your sexual connection and those hey. types of things. Oh, hey, hey, oh, we're getting <laughs> into it now. When my husband was coming to see me at the club, who he was became attractive to me. And it started to layer. It started to layer. The more time I spent with him, the more I appreciated him. The more I appreciated him, the more fondness I created. That's warm and fuzzy. The more warm and fuzzy I created inside of me because he's such an incredible person, the more affectionate I felt. The more affection I felt, the more affection I started to show. And so do you see this progression of like, I like you. Now I want to touch you. Now I want to touch you longer, right? So there's this, this chemistry. That's what we call chemistry. What you're talking about when you see somebody and you feel a zing on a first date, that's not chemistry. That's a procreation drive. Your DNA code went, ooh, nice DNA code. If we make a baby, it might be a strong baby. I think <laughs> I want to procreate with that. That's not actual chemistry. Actual chemistry is what you build through conversations. What you see through conversations, the appreciation you have for the person over time, building, 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 building. Now let's get to the sex. We always need to communicate what we want with our body. Don't we, Jenna? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. Because how you like your little puss puss to be handled isn't the same way. It's not the same yes, way. No. My dad listens. No, it's fine. Plug your ears. Okay. <laughs> dad, that's why I said puss puss. So oh I could have no. used a much of, uh, anyways. No, it's so okay. <laughs> how you like your body to be handled, how you want to be kissed isn't quite the same way as me. I don't like a lot of tongue. Keep it in your mouth for a long time. It's going to come out when we get really passionate, but not before because I like tender, romantic mm, kisses. So did you get an understanding right there when I just said that? Yeah. Do you see how easy it is to communicate what you want even when it comes to a kiss? Oh, totally. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I think people maybe shy away from like their partner because it's maybe like awkward or uncomfortable to be like, I don't know for, yeah, well, not for me. I just want to clarify. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> I just want to clarify. I'm going to put this out and people are going to be like, oh my God, she doesn't like Connor's kisses. No, that's not mm -hmm. true. Um, but I have definitely been in relationships before where I have not liked it, but mm -hmm. I've never wanted to bring it up. Cause I'm like, I don't want to offend you. I don't want you to think that like you're bad or like, I'm not into it, but like, I'm not into it. You know, can I teach you how to teach them? Totally. Mm -hmm. Because you must, because the kiss is so important. If you're not enjoying the kiss, how can you enjoy more? And I am very specific in how I like to be kissed. And many of us are. Some people love wet and sloppy, but Ew, I'm, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I'm the, listen, if my husband's in the shower in a pool, I don't want to kiss him because I don't like wet period. So mm. I'm, I got an ick about that. And so if they're kissing me, and I've done this several times, if they're kissing me in a way that I don't like, immediately I shut it down. I break the kiss, but not the intimacy, okay? Okay. Hear me when I say this. I break the kiss, but not the intimacy. I stay in the intimate space. You know what I'm talking about? When you're teaching them to do those other things, you teach them that same way. So you break the kiss, but not the intimacy. And you go, let me show you what I like. And he goes, huh? <laughs> because they always will. They always go, huh? And you go, let me show you what I like. Just close your eyes, open your mouth just a little bit. And let me show you what I like. And you rinse and repeat, Jenna, because sometimes they resist the instruction, but don't let them. The moment you don't like what they do, break the kiss, not the intimacy and go, close your eyes. Let me show you what I like. And don't let them get away with not being taught. If they refuse to be taught, they don't get anything more from that. Because a man who's going to ignore how I like to be kissed isn't going to touch the rest of me the way I want it. But here's the thing. Before you got to the kiss with that three-month man, in the three months is an if, right? No kissing, no sex, no sleepovers, no exclusivity. I'm talking to people, plural. You will be eliminated when I see you're wrong. If we get to three months. 
I got to three months with somebody who listened to what I said, applied that information to see happiness on my face. He has a pattern of that. So when I tell him how I like to be kissed, he's going to do that same thing again. Okay. Speaking of the three mm. month rule, we actually haven't formally gotten into it yet. I think we just kind of wrapped up that conversation about the list of characteristics, and I'm sure we can learn so much more about the other things we need in a relationship from your book and your link tree and all the things we'll share it for you. Um, I want to move into the three month dating, mm -hmm. sorry, the three month, no kissing dating rule, because that mm -hmm. is how you and I ultimately connected. Yeah. It's a pretty controversial topic. If you Google it, Chantel, I don't know if you know this, but you are the first, second, third, fourth, tenth thing, tenth person to pop up when you search it. Um, <laughs> Amazing. So you have basically claimed the three month no kissing rule as your own. And Good. I want to hear from you why and Good. how, literally, how do you do that? If you like someone, how could you not possibly kiss them? Because I might feel some kind of way. But that doesn't yet tell me if they have honesty, integrity, loyal, trustworthiness, the ability to communicate and solve things with me. I don't even know if they have the ability to be my friend. And friend is a verb. And that's the foundation of a healthy relationship, friendship, respect, share goals and timelines, ability to communicate, solve things together, make each other laugh. So I might feel some kind of way, but I want facts over feelings. My feelings could fluctuate. So I practice patience and impulse control within which I do my discerning, my due diligence. I don't buy the house off the internet, off the photos alone, meaning I don't take what people say at face value because that's how you get scammed. So easy to get scammed if you're just going to believe the words coming out of their mouths. I make sure I match reality to what they're saying over the course of three months. Um, love bombing is a very popular word nowadays. Huge. Do you think that love bombing is basically the exact opposite of what you would encourage people to do when they come to you asking for dating advice. Well, so here's the thing. The people who get love bombed are usually the women getting love bombed by guys who are trying to manipulate them into bed. When you use a no kissing for three months dating rule, you take away all their games, all their manipulations. They cannot fool you. Because again, some people say, what if you wait three months and then he does a switcheroo on you? And I go, well, then he must have fooled everyone. Because if you're following my advice, you're meeting their people. And you're asking their people probing questions because you're not shy. And they're going to meet your people and your people are going to check them out and tell you if they see some red flags. So if they fooled everybody, because if you follow my methodology, you go deep into who they are before you make a commitment, then this is what you say. You need to always have this in your back pocket, by the way. Here's what you say. You changed, but my standards didn't. So I have to go. Oh, okay. That is like, wow. I'm going to mm -hmm. make that a little quote for you. That's a good, that's a good comeback. Like, what are they going to say to that? <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. The manipulator, the lazy person is going to say, nobody's perfect. <laughs> nobody's perfect. And I'm going to say, what are you talking about? <laughs> I am perfect. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. Even on my bad days, I'm not vomiting on you. I'm not choosing behaviors. I'm not choosing behaviors that are detrimental to your mental health and emotional well-being, but you are. Mm -hmm. So I have to go because my standard is a relationship that's healthy and your choice of behaviors is no longer healthy for me. So I have to go. Okay, let's talk about the people who are friends before they're dating because mm. most of the time they are following the no kissing dating rule for three months, mm -hmm. maybe unintentionally, mm -hmm. but ironically enough, you know, Connor and I were friends before we started dating and we used okay. to hang out all the time and there was no intimacy. We were just platonic friends and we would talk about each other's dating lives. We would talk about like what was going on, but we formed a really deep like emotional connection to each other and I think that is why we have a strong foundation of our relationship that's built around friendship. And do you think that that is a, what's the word? Um, healthy. Yeah. Like a sign of a healthy relationship. It depends. Are they a 12 out of 12? Mm, okay. Because it comes back to the 12 character traits. Those 12 character traits help you understand a healthy relationship choice. Okay. I like that. Mm -hmm. So, what if, 
I guess this is going back to the three month, no kissing rule. So what if for the first three month, three months, you guys are friends, does yeah. that still pertain to yeah. the kiss coming or does it need to be like you both express interest in each other in a romantic way and then you intentionally tell them we're not going to kiss for three months also do yeah you tell them or like yes. you do it a million percent you tell them okay again coming back to my first relationship role it's not fair to ask for anything you're not willing to do first i am telling you i will make an informed decision when i choose a long-term partner i will get the knowledge and insight i need before making a decision to commit i'm gonna let you know my goal is a committed long-term relationship my plan is to choose the right person my methodology no kissing no sex no sleepovers no exclusivity finding out who they are first i've just informed you so you can make an informed decision about whether or not you're going to stick around that's fair mm -hmm. no, that's very fair mm -hmm. i'm always fair, fair. I'm always, I'm always fair. So it seems like if we were to tell the average 20 to 30 year old, like you shouldn't kiss your boyfriend or girlfriend for three months. They're not a boyfriend or girlfriend. Oh, they're not. You're, oh, okay. You're nothing to me. Okay. So this is because stage or no? look, look at the def it's, it's actually turning the talking stage into talking. I'm not occupying your mouth with my kisses. The talking stage is now a talking stage. Are we clear? <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. The talking stage actually is what it means. Exactly. Because here's what happened. We got brainwashed and bamboozled. When I hit TikTok in 2019, do you know what the talking <laughs> stage was? Do you know what I saw? TikTok after TikTok after TikTok was a woman looking like you saying I've been Sorry, dad. I've been having sex with him for eight months and I'm, ha I'm asking him, what are we? Because I've been waiting for him to make it official. And he says, I'm not ready for a relationship. And I went, this has, to this has to stop. This has to stop because we're getting used by guys who are taking advantage of our culture that says kiss and then find out if he even likes you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to put an end to this. This is ridiculous. So I made it clear when I hit TikTok full force, I said, talking stage is a talking stage, minimum three months. And if you're not willing to talk to me for minimum three months, why would I even believe for a second you're willing to stick around for 50 years? I'm not that dumb. That's a good point. So mm -hmm. what happens if they show you all the qualities within the three months? Let's say we're on month two, maybe two and a half. And mm -mm. You get a really good vibe from them. They've shown you loyalty, you know, they've shown you all the things you want to see. Can you kiss them yet or no? I said a calendar day, baby girl, because let me tell you, I've been in this business since 2015, though, like doing it the way I'm teaching you to do it, coaching people, watching the trajectory. I've seen so many fall off at two and a half months. Really? Don't reduce yeah, it. Right. Do not. Uh, here's what I say. I got my, my little TikTok page. I do my live streams Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. until noon. I got my three talking points above my head. No kissing for three months. Dating role is ideal. No kissing, no sex, no sleepovers, no exclusivity. Number two, a zero fight relationship is ideal. No raised voices, no throwing, no summing because we have a zero tolerance policy to normalizing abuse. Number three, body count doesn't matter because who I did isn't who I am period. And if that's a sentence you can't understand, I don't believe you're intelligent enough to continue a conversation with me. End of story. Mic drop. Oh my, my God. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's actually like a perfect segue into the next conversation I want to talk about, which is, so we're putting a lot of pressure on the guys for them mm -hmm. to be like the person that we want to date. But what happens when we just want to be a fun girl and we just want to like, maybe explore other guys and like have a good time, maybe kiss people that we don't want to date. Um, and you talked about like your body count and the stigma around it and especially like of women's body count. So can you talk about that and like yeah. what advice you have for women who maybe feel guilty or like ashamed of how many people they've slept with, even if, you know, it doesn't matter if they actually wanted a future with them. Like, you just talk about it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so guilty and ashamed. Why? Because of a patriarchal culture that says you have to make decisions with your body for me. You haven't met me yet, but you need to live your life in a way that makes me feel better about myself. I unsubscribe to that. I've unsubscribed. Go, go. I, you? Who, who the hell are you? Insecure? Uh, I don't want somebody insecure. So body count doesn't matter. 
because who you did isn't who you are. I want you as a person, whoever's listening to this, whoever follows my advice, you need to know yourself and then behave accordingly, right? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Set your intention. You set your intention, Jenna. You know this to be a successful person. You set your intention and then you match your behaviors to your intention. So know yourself. Where are you in your life? Are you ready for a long-term relationship or are you still in play mode? Answer the question and then behave accordingly. You're still in play mode. Girl, go have some fun. Try the bodybuilder. By the way, I tried them. They're kind of prickly. They're really hard. They're not so fun, but I tried it. I tried it. I was like, oh, bodybuilder. Let's try that right? Why not? The guy with the kink, why not? Let's try that kink. See how I feel about it. How do I like having a blindfold being fed fruit while I try to guess what it is, right? Let's try the kink. Why not? Body count doesn't matter. Your exploration is yours to do on your terms. If anybody tries to shame you, kick them out of your life. They don't belong around you. They do not support your mental health and emotional being. Out you go. You don't make me ashamed of being myself. You don't make me ashamed of wanting to live life on my own terms. Out you go, you don't belong. Body count doesn't matter. If he asks you about body count, girlfriend, block and delete. Block and delete is the first sign of toxicity. I made some TikToks and I said, ladies, let's take a roll call because I think there's a correlation because between guys who ask about body count and guys who make false accusations that yeah. cheating on them, that you're flirting with other people. And by the way, a false accusation is abuse. Okay. There's no difference between somebody doing this and you defend and somebody making an accusation and you defend. Defend is defend. You've been attacked. That's abuse. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like just taking this all in right now because I'm like, wow, okay, we're like, there's so much to talk about. Um, it's already been like 40 minutes. I don't even I know. know how you did that. I feel like I'm just getting like a one on one session right now. This is great. Um, okay, so what do you think? Or no, actually, uh, let me ask this question Do you think anyone should ever ask your body count? What's the relevance? That's a good point. Well, mm -hmm. I don't think it's relevant, but I guess I just wanted to know. If you so let me, let me give you the reasons and I'm going to air quote reasons here why people would ask about body count. Here's the reason I'm afraid of an STI. Okay. 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 You're afraid of an STI. If somebody says they have a body count of one, are you not going to ask them to get tested? Or are you still going to ask them to get tested before you get intimate? Good point. Yes. Yes or no. So if you're still going to ask them to get tested, What's the point of asking for a number? You're still going to make sure they're clean. They could lie about the number. So mm -hmm. if you're worried about STIs, then just ask for testing. Hey, you know, I really see this going somewhere. I want to make sure we're both clean. I want us each to go to our doctors and then show each other our clean bill of health, show each other our papers, get the testing. The number is irrelevant. doesn't matter. Are you worried that they're unable to pair bond like the fucking podcast bros are out there saying, sorry again, dad. Are, oh, you okay. <laughs> are, are you worried about that? Are you worried about that? It doesn't matter what the number is. What they tell you, the guy could be a liar. So shouldn't you still make sure they have integrity, honesty, loyalty, devotion, ethics? Mm -hmm. That's a great answer. So there's no point asking for a number. The point is the assessment. So don't kiss and then find out he's a liar and a cheater. Assess him first. I could have a body count of one, be the biggest douchebag in the world. I could have a body count of a thousand, be the kindest, sweetest person you've ever met. It's irrelevant. Okay, good. Body count is relevant. You heard it here first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love that. I, I personally think it's irrelevant. I've never mm -hmm. really had an issue with it. I've, yeah, I don't really need to talk about it because, <laughs> but, so but people, yeah, I don't think it's important. Like some people, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some people make a whole list on their phone and they keep track of everyone. And some people don't do that. Yeah, I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. When you are with your person, the only thing that matters is that you are the person at the time. And if you want them to be that person for the rest, like you can't think about the others, you know? Right. And a lot. So I want to avoid people who are controlling, insecure, and obsessed with other people's PPs <laughs> because they're annoying. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful way to put it. Love that. Um, so the, the third thing that you mentioned that you talk about on your TikTok lives all the time is no arguments. And you have yeah. it in your TikTok bio. You said you've been with your partner for eight years, right? 18 years together. 18. Eight years. Eight years without a fight now. 
Okay. So that sounds impossible. I'm going to question you on that. How the hell do you not fight? Like what? So let's understand the words we're using first. There's a difference between a fight and argument and a disagreement. So a fight, it's called a bar fight, not a bar argument, not a bar discussion, not a bar disagreement. It's called a bar fight because of the escalation of the behaviors into chaos, the yelling, the throwing, the slamming. So no fighting. My husband and I, it takes two people to fight. My husband and I have not had a fight in eight years. We've been in this house for eight years. I remember eight years ago being upset about something and I was spinning on it for over a week and I couldn't get through it. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't find my way. And I remember standing in this house and I was standing at the end of the hall and like the house is surrounding me where I was, I was so central in the house. And I looked around me and I said, we've never yelled at each other in this house. And I realized I never want us to. Mm-hmm. And I immediately called my husband and I said, I know I've been off for the past week and I just want to let you know, baby, that's not you. That's me, but I'm okay now. Oh, love yeah. that for you. It's a safe space for you. Very safe. Our relationship is so safe because I now control my thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. So what is an argument? An argument is lack of acceptance. I don't accept that you want to dress that way. I don't accept that you have those friends. I don't accept you want to go to that place. I don't accept that you don't pull your weight. I don't accept that you're irresponsible. I don't accept that you haven't put out the garbage. I don't accept that I have to keep telling you to put out the garbage. Argue, argue, argue. I don't accept until you change. I'm going to keep at you because I don't accept. This is a symptom of a sickness in your relationship. Did you pick the wrong person? Did you get picked by the wrong person? Are you staying with the wrong? Are you staying with somebody who doesn't accept you trying to change you parent child dynamic? Are you staying with somebody Mm -hmm. you're trying to control to change them into the person you need them to be because you didn't pick the right person. You didn't use a no kissing for three months dating rule. You found out afterwards what they were missing. And now you're trying to change them into the person you need them to be. Why are you arguing? Fix that. A disagreement is a sign of individuality. You can say, this is your favorite book. And I say, this is my favorite book. And we go, okay. And we go our separate ways because I accept your individuality. I respect your right to have your own opinions. Okay. So speaking of arguments and a disagreement. So if let's say your partner is coming to you and they're saying, I don't accept this quality that you have, how, what is your advice for people to disassociate yourself, your feelings and your ego from the conflict at hand. Cause it's so easy for our immediate reaction to be like defensiveness yes. um, and for that defensiveness to come across as like not listening or not caring or not taking into consideration what they are actually upset about. And then it becomes a whole bigger thing. And that probably leads to a fight. It comes across as that because that's literally what you just did. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because that's simple. Because you rejected, because your ego said, I deny. You didn't, you didn't pause and think and then acknowledge the truth in what you just heard. You're right about that. Ego is a physical sensation. You can tell the ego in a sensation. It's a sudden white hot whoosh, a white hot rising of heat inside your body, right up to the bottom of your chin, whoosh, your body just heats right up. And that's the physical sensation. And then there's an immediate desire to reject what you heard. And if you respond to that, that's what you call defensiveness. That was your ego defending you against the truth it doesn't want to acknowledge. If you take that moment to shut your lips and think for a moment and go, okay, I just felt my ego. Therefore, there was a truth. Mm -hmm. So let me identify before I talk. I want to identify the truth in what I just heard so I can acknowledge it. Because here's the power. We don't want to. We want to play mind games with ourselves. We want to do puzzles in our own brain to try to piece together a way where we're not quite so responsible, right? Mm-hmm. We want to do that. We do. We do it all the time. I know the mental gymnastics I went through. But when I started to do what I just said to you, to pause when I felt the whoosh, to ask myself, what is the truth and what I just heard, and then acknowledge that truth, I'm telling you in a second, the weight is off my shoulders. I feel a million percent better. 
my mind is so clear. My emotions are fine because I acknowledge the truth. And when you do that, the next step you say to yourself is what do I need to do so that the next time I hear that, it's no longer the truth. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what to say to that. That was incredible. Here's the thing. If you're, if you go to your partner and you say, there's this thing about you that I need you to change. Mm -hmm. What do you want them to do? Do you want them to hear you? Think about that for a second and acknowledge the truth in what you said. Is that what you want? Well, sometimes, you when know, sometimes you I go to him and I'm like, I, I say something like petty, like, I want you to do this. And then my, what I want from that is like an immediate change, like go do it then. But then yeah. there are some times where you have an argument and it's like, I just want you to know that you make me feel this way when you do this. And I don't need you to change overnight. I just need you to understand that you make me feel a certain way. And I want you to acknowledge that and be more considerate of it in the future and work towards maybe, you know, changing that and vice versa too. He'll do the same thing to me. Obviously it's like, two-way street, you know, I do a lot of things that upset him and I have a lot of things that annoy the shit out of him. Like, for example, I get all these PR boxes and I'll always leave them at the door or I'll always like leave all the boxes everywhere. And he has told me so many times, like, I need you to clean it up because it's like stressing me out. It's making me like, it's making me anxious in the house. And for a while I would just get like so annoyed, you know, but then I realized, okay, if that's creating like a bigger issue, you know, it's not actually the boxes. It's the fact that he's told me multiple times that it, it annoys him and I haven't listened to that. And so every time that I don't do it, it's not that the boxes are there. It's the fact that I purposely am like not cleaning them up, even though I know how it makes him feel, you know? And mm -hmm. there's so many, there's so many like silly things, especially when you live with your partner, you know, a lot of like silly arguments that aren't actually really arguments when you look at them <laughs> deeply, you're like, wait, why are we upset about this again? And it all comes back to like the communication piece and a lot of what you just said, which is, you know, the defensiveness and like not hearing where they're coming from and the why behind it and the emotion that whatever action like creates. Right. So with, if you were to follow what I teach, the first time he said, Jenna, these boxes by the door, they stress me out. There's, this the, the shouldn't be here. The, 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 like the, the truth is it shouldn't be there. The boxes should be in a place where the boxes belong instead of in a pile by the door in a big mess. So, sure. <laughs> so you would say to him, you're right, baby. I'm going to put these in my office right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Simple that as would, that. That would be you not operating from ego. And operating from ego would be? Would be, I, you know, I got home. I got these things to do. I just, I needed to do this phone call right away. I didn't have time to put them. I wish you could just be okay with them being here for a minute while I take care of other things and not get so stressed out about it. Okay. That's really good. I feel like a lot of people could, could definitely relate to that because we've all done that at some point. I'm mm -hmm. just like making excuses for your actions, even if you know your actions are upsetting someone. Exactly. So making excuses is operating from ego. You're defending the truth. You're defending your lack of acknowledgement of the truth. Just acknowledge the truth. It's so simple. So you view um, acknowledging the truth as a way to avoid fights. It's obviously. a way to liberate yourself. Your ego is the dumbest bouncer at the door of the club. If the bouncer of a nightclub kept the pretty girls outside, would the boys come inside? <laughs> no. no. Your ego is keeping out what you want. Do you want peace and love and happiness in your relationship? Yes or no? Yes. So when you defend against the truth. I just, can you just give me a second? Is that frustration and that anger, is that being recreated in your partner as they look at you in anger and frustration because the box is at the door again? Now mm -hmm. the two of you are in a state of anger and frustration because the dumbest bouncer at the door kept out the love and happiness you wanted. Now, if you'd said, you're right, baby, I'm sorry, let me put them in my office right now. What would have happened after that? I don't know. <laughs> he would have been think, like, oh, thank no, you. 
Exactly. You know your man. You know what yeah. would happen oh, after well, that. I was really speaking about like hypotheticals. I don't mm-hmm. want anyone. <laughs> I feel no. like anyone listening to this would be like, that's stupid. But, but um, think about it though. Think yeah. about the outcome of your behaviors. That's what we call mindfulness. Mm-hmm. What is my intention? A happy, peaceful relationship is me refusing to acknowledge the truth leading to a happy, peaceful relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably a lot of times. So do you think that like when people come to you and they're asking for advice in their relationship, how often are a lot of the issues actually internal? All the time. Every single one. Listen, Jenna, you are always responsible for your own happiness. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a bad relationship with a, like if you're in a relationship with a guy who's DMing other girls. Absolutely not. No. It's your responsibility to leave, not his responsibility to change. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good point. That's a really good point. People actually ask that all the time. Like there Mm -hmm. are always questions on our Facebook page about, should I be upset that he was messaging someone or he's following these girls from OnlyFans or he's liking girls Instagram pictures or his for you page is full of girls dancing. And we all know how the freaking algorithm works. Like those videos are only there because he engages with them. So Mm -hmm. Do you actually, this is a good question. Do you think it is a fair thing to be upset by? And obviously your answer is probably going to be like, what do you think? What do you think I'm going to say? Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's no, no, wrong. No, no. Oh, you shouldn't be upset at the person you chose. That was your selection. And you you accepted it with yourself. Not that you accepted it, that you're picking them right? Like you went, I'm going to pick somebody and then I'm going to tell them now that I'm here, this is how you have to change. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. That's a parent-child dynamic. I am not upset with my husband because I didn't pick somebody to be upset at. I didn't pick somebody who made decisions that I didn't like. Wow. I can't believe we're getting this advice right now, like for free on a podcast. (laughs) So good. Okay. I want to wrap things up um, while also talking about your four books that you have. So you've written. Oh my God. 10. Yes. So 10. 10. Wait. 10. 10. I've been been busy. Let me back that up. Okay. So Hmm. Chantel, you have written 10 books and three workbooks. And what was it? And three workbooks. And three workbooks. Oh my goodness. Okay. So for our listeners, I'll give you a little like background. A lot of them are graduating college, moving to a new city. They are either in a long-term relationship and trying to figure it out while they go Mm -hmm. through their career, or maybe they have been single their whole life or they're going through heartbreak, whatever. They're kind of in this weird stage right now between like 20 to 30. Which book and workshop do you think would resonate the most with them? Yeah. So a single woman, absolutely. So if you're healing your heart from a breakup, it's comeback queen. If you're looking for your next partner as a woman, it's no more assholes. If you're starting a new relationship with your 12 out of 12, please girls, get yourself a 12. Ladies get a 12. When you start your new relationship with a 12, it's after the first kiss. In order to create, because you're going to go into an insecurity phase, you're going to go, oh my God, I'm so emotionally invested. It's going to hurt if I lose them. And you do that sphincter clench and you kind of crush people in your in your hands, trying to hold them in tight so you don't lose them. So let's get through that without it getting dysfunctional. And let's make sure we're setting that solid foundation, building a life together before we move in together. And then it's fix that shit to unpack the yeah. baggage, the baggage, Fix that shit for women is the white one. Fix that shit for men with the black cover. Okay. Perfect. Well, we will link all of those for you um, in the episode description. For So for anyone who resonated with this episode and you're like, I want more, mm. you can find Chantel at canadasdatingcoach.com. I really encourage you to follow me on TikTok because that's mm. where I do my thing. Yes. I I love TikTok. Like I have Facebook and Instagram, but I don't populate it. I don't show up there really. It's just kind of a placeholder. But TikTok is where I show up. This is where I post videos. This is where I do live stream. This is where I answer comments. So really come and follow me on TikTok Monday to Friday, 10 until noon. I call this the power hour. I do bonus time on top of that. So I'll, sometimes I'll stay up to like 
like five o'clock doing a live stream. And then there's like weekends, I go to brunch with my husband and, you know, so I turn on the live stream in the car. So it's like 20 minutes on the way there, 20 minutes on the way back, little chats with my husband. So those are really the best places to come find me in the link tree on my Instagram and on my TikTok. You're going to get so much stuff, the free book, the free list. I give away a free book, by the way, it's called Fake Love Need Not Apply, How to Avoid Posers, Losers, Scammers, and Predators. This is a really insightful book, especially if you're lonely and don't have a good friend circle because I teach you how to make friends so that you're better protected against predators. Oh, okay. Love that. You also mm -hmm. have a book for, for learning how to make friends. Yeah, which is the free one I give away. Yeah. Fake Love Need okay. Not Apply. Yeah, I love that. And for normally days, you know, is all about like connecting women all over the world, whether it's about dating or friendships or careers. Um, so I love that you're pretty much all encompassing and everything that you teach could be applied to basically every facet of life. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that there will be thousands of people who will benefit from this episode, myself included. Yay. So thank you so much for joining us. I will include all of your information in the episode description. So for anyone who's listening, go check it out there. And Thank you again. I love it. I appreciate you, Jen. I've been watching you for so long and I really <laughs> love watching you killing it out there. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, for everyone listening, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again next week.